Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Hey there, Why Though listeners. This October marks three years of hosting the Why Though podcast show. And Tiffany and I are so grateful for the OGs who started with us from the very beginning and every single one of you who has joined us along the way. It's been a pleasure to laugh with you, to learn with you, to think thoughtfully about the world around us and to decide who we want to be every day, how we want to show up in the world and how we want to show up in the life that we have been given. So thank you for being here with us. In honor of our three years together, we wanted to replay a little throwback Thursday for the next several weeks that allows us to play for you our most downloaded episodes. And we know that these are going to be a blessing to you. Even listening back, they are funny, they are wise, and they are full of the kind of thing you need in your life right now. So we hope this is a blessing to you. And we're so excited to continue on the journey with you here at Why Though. Welcome back to Why Though. This is episode four, and today we are talking about why quitting could be the best decision ever, though. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, they're going to talk about being a quitter. That's right, we are. (laughs) What if it's exactly what you need in your life? Everybody be doing all the things. You know what? This is almost like part two of last week because we talked about just really staying the course of what you feel like you're supposed to do and not trying to do it all. But this is even better because how do you stop doing it all? That means you got to quit some things. Yes. So today we're going to talk about why being a quitter is really not that bad of an idea. Ashley, did you ever quit anything when you were a little kid? You You know what? Um, We were not allowed to quit things in my (gasps) household and in my family. And when I tried to quit basketball at the Y, MCA, (laughs) that was a no-go. And then when I tried to quit playing soccer, that was a no-go. When I wanted to quit student council, that was a no-go. When I wanted to quit the swimming team, that was also a no-go. So we didn't quit things growing up. So basically, you were in a lot of extracurricular activities. I was in a lot of things. Yes, I was. And I won't even say that my family or my mother put any pressure on me to be in those things. I I just continued to add things to my plate consistently. But once I started them, I was not allowed to quit them. So that was was a family thing they weren't allowed to quit. That wasn't you. You made your own. Okay. I I quit the soccer soccer team in first grade. Mm. I quit the track team. Uh, in middle school, after I realized that you had to quote unquote warm up with a two mile run, I was like, Satan Bye. is behind this. <laughs> Satan is behind this. And I will have nothing to do with it because this is, this is not, no. Um, so then I became the track manager. So I just carried around people's water bottles and I was like, I still get to hang out with all my friends. This is, this will do. They can run. I'll hold their water bottles. See, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Also, what? I won't run. If something is chasing me and I should be running, I'm not going to run. I'm going to try to fight them, but I will not run. Like I just I... can't do it. I don't care. I'm going to take but my here's chances. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're a long legged girl. If you ever <laughs> wanted to run, you could outrun someone. It's true. I could just walk fast. You could walk fast. I actually, I, anytime, this is funny. Anytime I've had to walk beside you, which is uh, many times, 
that I, I have to like prepare myself to double the pace just to just one one like step for you is about seven and a half for me <laughs> so I have true. to just be like I need to stretch before I really I mean I don't want to get like I don't want to get winded on a quote unquote walk with you which really is like you know a sprint for me so it's just it's like it's like Oh, like, hey, let's go on a walk with a Kenyan runner. Like, that's what it feels like. You just, you're fast is what you are. It's so, true. So, uh, listeners, please know, she says she doesn't run, but her walk is your sprint, okay? So she doesn't need to run because true. her gait is somewhat quick. <laughs> so it's a, it's a thing, really. It so, really is. It's very it is. sad. But that's it what is. happens when you're six foot two. Oh, my also, gosh. My pants I'm, I'm comfortable at this. Inches, Tiffany, thirty-six <laughs> inch inseam. Oh Did you know gosh. that? When I go pants shopping, do you know you can't 36. find that anywhere? So everything is ankle pants on me. By the way, you gotta go to the big and tall store for girls. <laughs> they don't have one, or I would go. <laughs> I feel like that's a missed market. It big is. and tall ladies, lady and, size, and size eleven shoes. That's also a missed market. You want to know what though? You want to know what though? I'm ready. I bet when you hit up the rack and that size 11 section hasn't been touched and I go to my um, six and a half and it's been picked over. Well, wait a second. The size 11s that they create look like, you know, REI walking shoes. So I'm not sure why <laughs> anyone is excited to go to They're the size 11. They're worried about your shoes. like, jeez, who's, who's wearing these? <laughs> uh, they want you to have support. Oh my gosh. For my long gate run. <laughs> Oh man, I'm crying right now. I'm so funny. I gotta pull it back. I gotta pull it back. I just, I am down this rabbit hole and I gotta dig my way to the light right now. Gotta dig it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great segue into um, Ashley, can you tell us about why quitting and walking away from unsafe places? With your 36 inseam and size mm-hmm. 11 shoe is uh-huh. a good idea. Yes, I can. Well, I think that so much of our life we are taught that we need to stay in things. We need to stay in relationship with people who are hurting us. We need to stay in environments that are bad for us. We need to stay in a workplace that is killing us. And I think so often we stay for whatever our reasons might be. Maybe we're afraid of what's on the other end of that. If we were to quit something, the cost of the connection that we had or the cost of relationship that we had or the actual resources that were being paid to have the thing that we have if it's concerning the workplace. But I found that nobody pays me enough for me to lose my mind. Okay. Mm. Nobody, nobody's paying me that well. And then nobody is, you know, treating me poorly enough, you know, that it's worth staying. Like if somebody's treating me badly, I need to go. Um, And I think doing that hard work in our soul and addressing the reasons why we stay in dysfunctional relationships or in relationships that are one-sided or especially relationships that are transactional where literally only the other person is benefiting from the relationship that we're in. Those are the times that we really need to start walking away. And then there's, there's worse ones. You could be in an environment where, you know, women are just not valued or where women are made fun of or where you're the only woman in the room and it's quite difficult to get a point across. It could be that you are a black woman or a Latin American woman or an Indian woman, whatever it might be. 
um, a Native American woman, then I think that sometimes those spaces can be very difficult for minorities to be in. They're not healthy. Sometimes people make comments that are completely inappropriate or racist or just like, what are you even talking about right now? And I think that it's important for us to learn to walk away, learn to quit those spaces because they are hurting us. Um, yes. It really I, actually matters. Absolutely. I think um, there is a difference between charging the hill with people that are like-minded and knowing when to quit. Yeah. And here's the thing. You would think those are easy to tell apart, but sometimes they are not. You can, you can convince yourself, no, this is going to work. This is going to work. The optimist in you says, I can make this work. I can, I can, I can do my thing, even though this might not be a healthy environment. I'm going to make my thing rock. I'm going to, I'm going to commit to seeing this win. And then on the and, and then with that you're like, "Oh, I kind of I kind of am on board with these people or this place or this situation, but not fully, but I'm hoping for the best." Mm-hmm. That I just think that optimism plays a our our innocence sometimes, mm-hmm. honestly, can and naivety can play a role in this that is self-sabotaging. And I think on the other side of that, um you know, we're holding on to something that doesn't even exist. We're yes. holding on like, oh, I want to be here because this is loving or I want to be here because this is safe. And I think going back to what you said, is this worth losing my mind? Right. Or is this worth the safety of me and my children? Yeah. Is this worth the safety of me and my coworkers? Is this worth um, being demeaned or devalued? Yeah. And the answer is no. The yep. answer is no. But the sad part is when we allow ourselves to be in situations for so long it uh, it's so normalized. Right. Uh, the 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 poor behavior around us, and and we think like, oh, this is this is okay to be in. This is fine. This is just the way things are. But guess how things change in history, Ashley? Tell me. People quit. Come they on. say no more, no yeah. more. That's I ain't gonna it. be treated like this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show up for this because I know there is better. Yes. And better isn't with you or this. Uh, job or this this place or this situation or this person yes. better means walking away yes I wholeheartedly agree with you we have these accountability questions that I used to do with some friends and now Cody and I will ask ourselves these questions as well but two of them um, really really stand out to me every single time and it is do I like the person that I'm becoming mm. and the other one is do I bring my family home my emotional scraps And the reason that those two matter the most to me, because the environments that we're in, the spaces that we're in, the relationships that we're in directly impact the person that we are and are becoming. And so if I don't like who I'm becoming, I may need to reevaluate, well, what am I steeped in all the time? And sometimes it's a personal issue that I just need to grow through. Like I'm not going to leave my marriage because I'm having, you know, some emotional issues. I need to work through them. But at the same time, like, do I like the person that I'm becoming? And if not, what can I reevaluate and change? And then the other one, do I like... I mean, am I bringing my family home, my emotional scraps? And I really, really love this one because it helps me evaluate my life. Like I can remember a specific season when Cody and I first got married and we were about a year and a half into our marriage and we have great communication. So we really didn't fight a lot. And we definitely had difficult discussions, hard conversations, but we're not like screamers. We weren't angry with each other all the time. So we had good communication at the beginning of our marriage, which is why I'm glad I did not get married in my (laughs) twenties. By the way, there is a benefit (laughs) because that would not have been true for me in my 20s but we got in a huge fight 
overwork. And I was working to like midnight one night, just trying to finish up a project, trying to wrap some stuff up. And he was like, you know what? It's enough. Like this is enough. And what I realized through our conversation as we began to process that and unpack that is that I was giving my best everywhere else. I was giving my best to people that I didn't even know through my service in the community, which of course was a really good thing. I'm glad that I was serving my community. I'm glad that I was loving people, but Mm. I was giving them my best people that I did not know. My coworkers were getting the best version of me more. I could put it on and show up and do my thing. And they were getting the best me. And then when I'd come home, it was like, look, I can't talk. I can't connect. I just want some chips and salsa and I want to go to bed. And how is that fair to the person that is the most important person in my life? And so I had to really begin to flip energy on its head and realize like, okay, this person that I don't know doesn't have to get Ashley at a 10. Like I can give them a two. And it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I'm treating them poorly. I'm being kind. I'm being loving. All of those different things. But my husband needs to be getting the best. My best friends need to be getting my best self instead of me constantly giving it away to other people who are not going to be there when stuff really hits the fan, who are not going to be there maybe in 10 years or 20 years standing by my side. But the people that I'm closest to will be. And so learning to flip energy on its head and learning to quit doing some things in order for me to be my best self in the places where it really matters is really important to me. I'm very passionate about quitting things. (laughs) Oh, that's so wise. So wise. I hope you're taking notes. I'm just like scribbling over here. I'm like, oh, I need to hear this right now. Because the truth is every interaction requires emotional labor. Every interaction, whether it's with a barista or a meeting. You need to say that again. I mean, every interaction requires emotional labor. And it's, it's so true. Every, you know, whether it's with a barista, whether it's with a coworker, whether it is with uh, your kids, Kids, whether it's with your yeah. husband or your, your spouse, whoever, who, their friend, mm-hmm. um, uh, your pastor, someone you're mentoring, someone you're pouring into, your community involvement, everything takes something out of you. And so if you can look at your life, look at your month calendar, okay? Look back and say, I like being able not to just, how much time does this take up? That's one thing, right? One thing in your calendar. Yep. But how much emotional labor is this going to take out of me? And who am I going to be when I come home at that yes, night? Yes, come on. Um, to my roommate or whoever. Uh, really understanding. And you know what? Being able to quit the things that you do not have the margin for in this season. Mm-hmm. You want to know what? Just as Ashley said, it could be a real good thing. But it might not be for right now. Yeah. It might be for next year in five years. But but being able to say, you know what? I love this. This is a beautiful thing. But at this uh, current point in my life, that's not going to work. Yep. That's I don't have enough to give to that and to my kids. Yeah. Um, my uh, I have a girlfriend who she is a mom of four. And she uh, this year she chose to homeschool. And she said, honestly, Tiffany, it's easier to have them all at home than it is, you know, taking one to this school, one to this preschool and one to this school, mm. because getting the other two out of bed in the morning and getting everybody, you know, it's a lot. So she said, and also just my emotional labor of how much I have to give. Like I, I have four little people under the age of six at home. So I'm going to love on them and I need to be able to give them my best. And I know that this is how I can do it. So good. And so even being able to evaluate, this is actually how I can give my best to my people. And you, and you really hit the nail on the head was we save the best of who we are for the people we want to like us, yeah. for the people that we're trying to earn um, respect and credibility with. And we often give the worst of who we are, the leftovers, um, to, to our family. And isn't it Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Come on. 
And and truly, the people who are closest to you, you know who those people are, listener, whether it's your friends, whether it's your roommate, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your fiance, whether it's <laughs> your kids, whether it's uh, your church community, whether it's um, your volunteer community, whoever that may be, uh, your Bible study, I don't know who that may be, but let, let's bring them the best. Yeah. Let's bring them the gift of who we are. Yes. I love what you're saying too, because I think that it points to image and integrity because we very often are putting on an image with Mm. the people that we go to work with or, um, you know, whoever it is in our sphere of influence, very often we could be feeling like crap and then be like, Hey, good morning. How are you? And we just give them our best. And then we get home and all that energy we have, all that negative energy we've been suppressing all day, we put on the very people that we love the most. And so I think living with integrity very often means how can I be honest and be the same person and be consistent in all of these spaces. And at the same time, realize how much energy I need to give in each one of these spaces, because we have to preserve our energy and be able to have a value for integrity over building an image for ourselves because it doesn't actually matter what people think about us. It actually really matters who we are on the inside and who we are in every setting. Um, And I think another thing that is difficult about this topic is that so often, um, at least in Christian circles, we talk about calling and what are we called to do and what is the thing that is going to fulfill us and what is the thing God's asking us to do. And I think sometimes we are afraid that quitting will mess with the calling. Ooh, you know, Ooh. oh my gosh, you are, you are setting someone free right now. I'll tell you yes. what. And it is the truth. And I used to believe that lie that if I quit something, it's going to mess up the call. And the truth is that sometimes we need to quit the thing or quit the space or even quit a relationship that is detrimental to our health and our sanity so that we can continue to further the calling. Like I love what it says in the Bible that the gifts of God are without repentance, meaning he never revokes them. He never takes them away. The things that God has called you to do, he will always call you to do those things. If you're a writer, write. If you're a creator, create. If you're an organizer, organize. If you're an administrator, administrate. If you are a mom, be a mom. Like whatever you are, like that gift will never be taken from you. And so just because you leave a specific situation that might be unhealthy or unsafe for you or for your family or for your heart or for your dreams, or maybe just not even being seen, not feeling like you fully belong, not feeling like you're being lifted up to the next level that God has for you. If you quit something, it doesn't mean that you've quit the call. And so I think that's really important for us to remember that it keeps going that just because you step out of one space does not mean that there's not a new space that you can step into where you can continue to further the growth and the life and the health and the calling that God has for you, whatever that is. And to add to that, quitting doesn't make you a failure. Come on, say you are that. not a failure. It really doesn't. I think that, uh, yes, that's right. um, I, I, I so value loyalty in my life. Yeah, me too. Uh, and at a time when I um, had to quit a place because it wasn't a safe place anymore and it was a place I didn't feel seen, heard, respected, known, nor did I feel like it respected others, uh, to be able to quit that place, I I broke loyalty, right? If you're breaking yeah. that loyalty because you're quitting and you're walking away. Mm-hmm. And I was so worried that people would think I wasn't loyal. That's what I cared about the most. And yes. I just was, and then I was disgusted with myself thinking, really, you ca- like, you know, you're a loyal person. You know, yeah. you're a loyal person. Like this doesn't make you a failure at loyalty. This doesn't make you a failure, uh, uh, at, 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 at 
believing in something greater than yourself and willing to go the long haul with uh, an, an organization or a community or what, right. or what have you. Uh, quitting does not make you a failure. And I just think when we quit something and honestly, people can be like, oh, well, why'd you do that? Or, you know, we can't handle those questions because we haven't, haven't maybe processed on our own enough. Yeah. I think being able to understand this does not make me a failure. This, as Ashley said, this is not, uh, this is does not determine my calling or my direction yeah. in life. God is good. Yes, There's yes. grace for this. Yes. There is grace for us. Yes. Uh, and, and so I think we can beat ourselves up over this and feel like a failure. Uh, others can maybe, uh, 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 you know, say words that make us feel even more like a failure or perhaps even we project onto others our feelings that we are a failure because we quit something and we just couldn't stick with it. Now, I'm not talking about like if you're a serial quitter in the sense that there's a lack of conviction to stick with something, but that's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is walking away from the unsafe places and spaces, uh, walking away from the things that aren't moving the needle forward to where you believe uh, you are supposed to be walking. Yeah. Um, and doing it because it could be the very best thing you've ever done, (laughs) honestly. And I think, uh, uh, kind of to echo what I said last week, but, uh, in, in the sense of, you know, not doing it all that can be so freeing. I think quitting has ushered in a lot of healing for me to be really honest with you. And I know Ashley, it has for you as well. Quitting, um, the unsafe places, spaces, and people has really, uh, been the catalyst for my own personal life transformation and growth. Uh, and being able to look back and say, oh my goodness, when I look at the a graph of when I grew the most uh, mm-hmm. in my character or just uh, in my family or, or, or in my career, it came when I quit something. Isn't that crazy? The greatest oh, so growth true. came when I quit something. It is so true. And also, I feel like I get such a bigger perspective. Like I step out of this microcosm and then step into this big, expansive thing where I thought like, oh, if I quit this, my world's going to get smaller. (gasps) And then you step out and you're like, my world got bigger. It did not get smaller. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about when you quit something and you keep stepping into new things and you keep trying new things, your world gets bigger. Um, And when you live generously, your world gets bigger. And so quitting something doesn't mean that your world it's going to get smaller. It very often looks like, oh, that was this tiny little bubble I was living in. And now look at this world. It's huge. And these people are beautiful. And now I know more. And I have gained wisdom and knowledge through that difficult time. Um, and so I think an expansive life is what we're going for. We want our life to be growing, not shrinking. Yes, a vibrant life. Okay, that ministered to me, Ashley. I hope y'all heard that, what she said. I've just, we, I think the reason so many of us don't quit, just as Ashley, oh girl, you hit the nail on the head, <laughs> is because we think, oh, but then I'm not going to have as much opportunity. Yes. If this is on my resume that I didn't last very long, then how, how am I going to get a job? How am I going to get a job recommendation or, or, or a, a um, you know, how am I going to move forward? Be mm-hmm. This is what we convince ourselves. I think what you just said is the reason we stay in unhealthy spaces, places, mm-hmm. and with people so long is because we are convinced there is not going to be more opportunity for us. Yes. And I think we are going to fall flat on our face and yes. we're not going to have anywhere to go. Come on. And I think sometimes, especially those of us who might have some trauma in our background, sometimes we feel we can almost feel like somebody else owns our destiny. 
Like mm. being attached to this person or being attached to this place means that my life will continue to expand. And so it's like, no, nobody owns me. I am a daughter of God. He yeah. is my father. He loves me. He cares for me. He provides for me. And so if I am brave enough to do this thing that I feel like I need to do, then he will make a way for me. And so I think it's remembering too um, that nobody owns us. You know, like we are, we belong to God. And we are connected to other people and interdependent on others. And that is a beautiful thing. But when it goes the extreme way where we feel like our destiny is absolutely tied to this one place or these, this one person, then it might be time to just evaluate and go, wait a minute. Yes, I can't do my life alone. My destiny will not grow without other people. But at the same time, nobody owns that. God owns my life, you know, and he will take care of me. I once heard um, a preacher say, God is your promoter. We are waiting yeah. for somebody else to promote us. So we're willing to stay hitched to this person because they're going to be the reason things go well for us. And that's just not true. Right. I think a great example of what you just said of we, we stay tied to these people or this place because we think then things will go well for me. Then, um, I'll get to X, Y, and Z. Then I'll have this paycheck. Then I will have this platform then, then, then. And the, and, and let's think back, uh, in the old Testament in Exodus, uh, Moses had led the Israelites. Moses uh, was a patriarch, a a voice of God in the Old Testament, the most well-known prophet in the Old Testament. And uh, he was leading the people of God, the Israelites, the chosen people in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. It is all of us. Um, But he was leading these people out of slavery and out of bondage. And they were between a rock and a hard place, literally. They were, at one point, they were, they had left Egypt, um, you know, Egypt to just lots of free labor, and Mm. they were trapped between mountains and a sea. Hmm. Mountains and a sea. And then from the north, the enemy was coming after them. The, the Egyptians had realized, you know what? We're not letting our free labor go. That's over a million people. Hmm. Let's go after them and bring them back. And the Israelites, the people of God, who Moses was trying to remind them that they were chosen, that God had good things for them beyond their captivity, beyond. It was a good idea to quit that, right? It was a right. good idea to walk away from that. He was trying to convince them. But even at this point, even he's scared. And And God allowed them, he allowed them to be between a rock and a hard place, Mm. between water and mountains, and trapped with their oppressors, uh, racing after them on chariots. And they said, we should just go back to Egypt. Mm. We should just go back to this abusive situation, because that's better than coming out here, because we're going to fall flat on our face. We're going to die out here. We have no other options. Let's go back to this abusive situation. And what does God do? What does the way maker do? He parts the flippin' sea to prove that he has a way and that this world is big and wild and he is the leader of it and there is good for the rest of our days. Yes. So if you're listening right now and you think, I can't quit this. I can't quit this job. I can't quit this person. I can't quit this habit. (laughs) I can't quit these things. Mm. I have a feeling the goodness and grace and mercy that God has for you is on the other side of that. Come on. The life that you so dream of is on the other side of you quitting Come this on. thing. Yes. I Anything to add to I that, agree. Ashley? No, I just think maybe give some thoughtful reflection today. As you're going throughout your day and thinking about the things that you're doing, thinking about the spaces that you live in, that you breathe in, that you move in, and just start asking yourself, what is this place that I'm in? Is this what matters to me? Is this who I want to be? Do I like who I'm becoming? Am I giving my best self to what really matters? And as you ask that, I pray that God would meet you in that place and that you would know what to quit and that it is a good thing. 
It is a good thing. That's right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, whoever listens to this, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.